This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, the Clarets are away at Newcastle, hoping once again to get their season back on track. This is the Known and Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and this week we are joined by a whole array of special guests because this is our fan special. Now, listeners, it's not been that great recently, and we're all getting a little bit down in the dumps. Known and Ever HQ was a little bit of a sad place on Saturday night. We had a, a very expensive therapy session on our group chat on Saturday night, so we're all feeling a little bit down in the dumps. And quite frankly, we were all wondering how we were going to make the podcast a little bit different for you all instead of us Muppets coming on every week and moaning about the same things. So we are delighted this week to be joined by three of our very special fan panellists who are going to, we're going to have a group hug. We're going to have some therapy, some fan therapy, and we're going to just talk through the problems and let's see if we can all feel better by the end of it. So this week is regular panellist George Poole, who we will bring in in a second, and I'm joined by Mike Landers, Don Thompson and Stuart Parkinson. We are, of course, analysing a very, very disappointing away loss at Newcastle. Um, it was a game we had to win. It was a six-pointer. Newcastle had not won all season. It was Eddie Howe, for God's sake. Um, and we're in dire straits. And it just, despite a very promising start, was the worst possible outcome and leaves us in a very precarious position at the bottom of the table and struggling to see where we're going to pick some vital wins from. So, George, I'm going to come to you first, just because I'm going to get this out of the way, because you are our voice of relentless positivity. Um, so how are you feeling? Give us some give us some Christmas cheer with your Santa hat on. Yeah, you're letting the, view, the uh, listeners into a behind the scenes here. Here I am sat with my Santa hat on. I think if you'd have asked me on Saturday night, I'd have had a more negative uh, tone of voice and Saturday was a, a roller coaster because obviously on our non and ever group chat everyone was very miserable and I had to uh, keep the faith and uh, put on the positive smile and I think I really managed to convince myself for all of two hours and then the, uh, the realization <laughs> set in and I was just thinking this is awful it really is bad. 
but but then I went out on Saturday night, then I went bouldering on Sunday morning, and I've I seem to have forgotten the game uh, until today. So thanks for bringing it up again, Natalie. Uh, but no, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay, and I'm ready to talk about it because I don't think all is lost. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. And you say we're in dire straits, but some people had killed to be in dire straits. There were a big band back in their day, so you know, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Wow, that was not a reference I expected to come out of your mouth, George Poole. Your dad will be very proud. Um, right, well, hold on to those thoughts then, because I feel like we might need them towards the end of the season. Listeners, I, I can't I can't lie. I'm feeling very down in the dumps at the moment. So let's start our therapy session. I'm going to come to a friend of the show, Mike Landers, who's been on the podcast now more times than I care to remember. He's practically a guest panelist. Um, Mike, you, you tend to flip sometimes between feeling quite down in the dumps, but also being very positive. Um, and I can't kind of imagined when we brought you on that you'd probably sit somewhere in the middle so without wanting to be too generalized like where are you at the moment where do you sit with all of this well if we're going to refer um if we're going to actually sort of i can't think of the word references there you go oh george started off with a reference to dire straits well done that's newcastle um i'm going to have a reference to a great famous scottish philosopher we're doomed Oh, oh, that's it. I was hoping yeah, that wasn't um, going that way. <laughs> I, I, I normally try not to get too high. I normally try not to get too low. But the way that Saturday happened was like, oh, no, no, this is not good. This is not good at all. Um, and I always sort of go, there's three worst teams and us will be okay. And I'm like, I can't find three worst teams. I really can't. Um, no, Newcastle are not good. Their manager ain't going to get them out of it, I don't think. Um, but we're not better than them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I'm like, okay, let's just enjoy the next few months. If we have a miracle, then great. But um, let's let's have some fun for the next few months and then uh, we'll be back in, well, 18 months' time. Yeah, I hope so, definitely. Um, Dom, let's move on to you then, yes. Welcome to the show. This is your first appearance on the podcast. It's very nice to have you. Um, Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Now, I think Mike's right in that I think in previous years we've had seasons like this before, but there's always been three. I think particularly last year as well, there's, there's there was a lot of dross in the Premier League. So I think from your perspective, is it simply a case that the league's got better or is there something fundamentally wrong with us? Where do you sit on that? I think I'm going to sit on the fence with that one and say both. I think Ooh. a lack of investment has got us to this point personally but I also think if you look at the clubs around us they've all got better and they've all changed manager and now I'm not suggesting for a single moment that I should be replaced but I would look at um, teams like Aston Villa, Watford, Norwich as having that bounce and I think it's very easy to overreact when it comes to losing at Newcastle. I was there on Saturday it was not a good experience but I was also at the Crystal Palace game where if Vidra scores, mm. you come out and you're going, it's three points. I was at the Chelsea game where if Vidra scores in the last minute, it's three points. And I think if you're sitting there with six more points, it's a lot more positive. Having looked at the fixtures, I don't know where those points are now coming. That's where my issue would be. Um, but I think that's because the league has got stronger and with injuries and lack of investment, we've got weaker. And it's like that thing in evolution where you've got to keep running to stand still. And we've stopped running and the league has caught up with itself with the money coming into it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is such a good point. And I, 
it kind of succinctly wraps up all of the problems that we're facing all in one. Um, Stuart, moving on to you again, you, this is your second fan panel. I think you were here around about this time last year as well. So I think we, yeah. we call on you, Stuart, when we need, when we need this therapy. <laughs> um, Mike talked about hoping for that miracle. From our perspective, where does that miracle come from? Uh, great question. And I think it's from a catastrophic fall from two other teams. Um, realistically, I, I agree with Mike that Newcastle are bad, but are they worse than we are at the minute? Probably not. Um, Norwich have got a bit of a new manager bounce, so that's helping them out. Brentford haven't really fallen off like people expected them to. Palace certainly haven't done as badly as I thought they were going to do. Like when they announced that they had uh, Vieira uh, coming as manager, I'd written him off before the start of the season, yeah. which is obviously like my football manager knowledge coming into effect there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's certainly gloomy um, because you you look at that game and I think everybody had targeted that, not just for one point, but for three. Um, it's Eddie Howe. It's Newcastle, they're poor. You know, Eddie, I can't organise a defence. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and, still bitter. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> and we, we walk away with nothing. So, yeah, miracle's probably the right word. But uh, to be honest with you, it's not just one, it's two. Um, and it's making sure there's two other teams who can be a lot worse than we are that can keep us out of the relegation zone. Do you think there are any? Who would you who do you put in that category, Stuart? Who, are we, who we, do we think is <laughs> going to be down there? Um, I'm still relatively confident that Norwich aren't going to get out of it. I yeah, think, I, agree. I mean, again, Dean Smith, is it, who's gone in there now? Um, yeah. Potentially could do a much better job uh, than Daniel Farker did. When they came to the turf this season, I've, I, that were like West Brom under Allardyce, not wanting to lose a game. Yeah. They did not set up to win anything. So, um Potentially Norwich, but other than that, again, I think it's it's Brentford will fall off and my fervent hope is Brighton and Ove Albion, but I don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That, that's very much wishful thinking, is that, I think, at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, definitely. Um, George, one of the problems that we seem to keep facing is that we have fallen very much into a Corne FC rut. Um, and the major problem on Saturday was as soon as he got injured and went off, the really bright start that we had just fell to pieces. I'm going to come on to the transfer window in a minute, um, just because particularly thinking about Newcastle and the news today about Newcastle wanting Ben Mee and James Tarkovsky. It's like, yeah, fine, whatever, get in the bin. Um, we have to strengthen in January, I think. That's my personal view. I think that competition in certain places is abysmal. Um, our central defence, as people, I have so much time for Jack Court, Josh Brownhill and um, Ashley Westwood, but as a central defence in the Premier League, they're poor, really poor, and a lot of our problems this season are from a very leaking central midfield. But Dash is already making some noises that January is just not going to happen. That how critical is that going to be to this miracle that Mike talked about getting us any cover in there or any inspiration from anywhere? Yeah, definitely important. And um, 
I think Dash just always likes to, you know, keep 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 a lid on things. You know, it's his job as manager to keep keep everything calm, not overreact, not say, oh yeah, we're gonna go and spend X, Y, and Z in January. And we all know January, the January window is just it just is very hard for all teams, no matter how much money you have. I think Newcastle, no matter how much money they have now, will struggle in January because teams will just put an absolutely ridiculous fee on players, players won't want to go. Blah blah blah. They, they can't they can't break the wage structure and sign Mbappe because that'd leave the squad in an absolute mess. You know what I mean? You know yeah. it's not it's not going to be as easy as you can see on face value. Uh, but in terms of us, yeah, it's going to be a struggle January. But even uh, look, our centre midfield's not doing well at the moment. Brownhill, I do like I do like him. I'm just not sure if it's clicking with Westwood uh, in the centre in the centre midfield. But to, for me, a more important position is winger because like look at the weekend. The weekend, Goodmo and McNeil, you know, I thought they both played decent, to be honest, and I'm happy with them being the starting wingers. But if it gets to a point where we're not creating anything and you look to that bench, yeah. it's absolutely nothing. Because we're playing Corny as a striker, and I, I'm fine with that because he's been brilliant so far, it means we've got nothing on the bench in terms of wingers and we had to bring on Connor Roberts instead of Lawton just to provide a new attacking spark. So I, I really do feel like the wing is a priority. And, I mean, we'd all love a striker because... I like Wood, but the rest of them are past the prime. Um, Vidra couldn't hit a barn door. It, uh, honestly, really not not in my good books at the moment, Vidra. Um, so, you know, I just think we're just lacking creativity. It's not the issue that we're leaking loads of goals. At the weekend, if it wasn't for a potent mistake, that would have been nil-nil for, for all my money. And, you know, midweek against Wolves, solid again. But we really do need to freshen it up going forward. Mm, definitely um, Dom where do you sit on that put on that goal at the weekend by the way obviously you saw it live and you've had a chance to see it back the camp camp Burnley seems to be very much split between it being a foul and we did, just didn't get the rub of the VAR green again as opposed oh, or the, the other side of the coin being that Pope really messed it up and it was quite a bad error from him where are you sat- I think, sitting on that I think it's a bad error to be honest I think it, mm. I think he spills the ball and then the ball's in open play which Callum Wilson uses and, and takes well, to be honest. The issue comes with me from the Leicester game, where it's a similar scenario with Schmeichel. Yes. And I'm sure everyone's seen that, but it's the not the issue with VAR. It's the issue with, well, if one is one and how is one not the other, how can it be a penalty in one game and not a penalty in the other game? Uh, sorry, not a penalty. Um, a foul yeah, in one yeah, game yeah, and then not in the other. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I thought it was fair. I didn't think it was there was anything wrong with it. I thought Pope comes out, and it's not Pope's first mistake this season. You talk about being corner FC. We used to be Pope FC. Yeah. We used to be McNeil FC. There's a lot of players this season who haven't showed up, which is making Cornet look even better at signing. Um, it's interesting for me talking about Connor Roberts coming on at the weekend. I remember at the Liverpool game in the season when um, Eric Peters comes on at left mid, and it's just that demoralising thing of where is the spark? Where is that thing coming yeah. on? When you with the Palace game. You saw where the spark was coming. You saw where they could make a change. I don't know where we can make a change apart from it being a negative one. Um, I definitely think it was a, a goal, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've got to say I was exactly the same. And, and, and watching it back has not made me change my mind at all with that. Pope's been a funny one this season. He's, he's not. He's just not been quite there. And I, and I know that being dropped from the England squad will have knocked his confidence as well. But I actually think that was the right decision at the time. He, he wasn't 
performing competently enough to be able to be in contention for that England lineup. Um, The only thing that we keep saying on the podcast that we can put it down to is is perhaps just injury concerns and a little bit of nervousness around him, you know, his knee operation and he's not quite there yet. But quite frankly, we need him to, (laughs) to, to get back in and stop doing things like that because we've got to have everybody now we cannot afford any more mistakes between now and the end of the season it's like if we get beat by a better side fine but there's been points dropped this season from stupid errors which we just can't afford to do um Stuart do you think I think what Don was saying then about a loss of a spark and you're gonna I'm sorry to come to you on this because this is where it's gonna you know where I'm heading with this in a minute that is very true. I don't see a spark with this side anymore. I don't see that strong jaw mentality. I don't see that, just that team that we're used to having who will give everything for the shirt. So I'm going to open the can of worms and we're going to look at it. And George is already shaking his head, but George, we have to discuss it. We have to discuss it. How much of the current predicament can be attributed to Daesh? And we caveat this, very strong listeners before you all swear down the, the thing at me. And I know Mike's already laughing down his thing at me because he's used to these comments from me. We have to ask the question. If the question is none, that's absolutely fine. But we have to ask the question because at the moment, the team looks out of sorts. There's mistakes being made. Nothing's being changed tactically. And I'm trying to get to the bottom of whether this is completely an old and um, frustrated squad or whether there is something not quite right at managerial level as well. So, Stuart, I'm handing that grenade to you. I'm so sorry, but please kick Fantastic. us off with the, yeah. <laughs> please kick us. I, listen, I'll be the fall guy. I don't care. But, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question because we've got to debate it. So, you kick us off. Where are you with this? Um, I personally, I think it's a, a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, there's there's no way that I'm in support of getting rid of the uh, best and most successful manager in my lifetime. And I started watching under Jimmy Mack. Uh, sorry, not Jimmy Mack, Jimmy Mullen. I'm not that old quite. Um, so for me, I watched us win the fourth division was like the first season that I went on. Um, so watching Dash is a cut above, but... The thing that keeps springing to mind for me is that um, I heard him in an interview um, a while ago saying that when we were in the championship, we got beat by Hull on, I think, Boxing Day, the season that we won the championship. And we weren't in a good position. We weren't winning games. It looked like we were going to struggle to make automatic promotion and we were struggling to, to stay in touch. And the thing that he said was him and Ian Warren sat down and said, right, if you were a new manager coming into this club, what would you change? And the thing that they worked out was start playing Stephen Ward at left back instead of Ben Mee and start playing Ben Mee at left centre defence instead of Michael Duff. And a few other changes, I'm sure. But those are the two that stand out to me. And I think we've got to use this game as that for this season. Yeah. I've seen a few people on social media saying that um, a similar point, which is you've got to look at Everton. I think it was Everton on Boxing Day one season was the catalyst. Oh, yeah. That 5-0, yeah. was it? Um, yeah. Um, Everton Everton at home getting battered off them um, was the catalyst for change. And then I think we went out and absolutely smashed West Ham United to bits. 
I don't think that's going to be the same this season. But yeah, um, I think some of it comes from the management and the tactics. I think some of it you've got to lay at the door of the old owners and the lack of investment. Oh, in hell yeah. Squad. Yeah. Um, we've for a few years we've been saying that you know we've got an aging squad they're slowly creeping up that that table of the oldest squad in the uh premier league we've got there now um over the top of crystal palace and it's showing yeah and i think it makes january more crucial probably than it was last season um but i i can't hand on heart i can't say it's all Dash's fault and he's a terrible manager because it's just not, it's demonstrably not true. Um, but I think he does need to look at it and think, right, what can we do to shake things up and change it? Yeah. I think that's pretty much where I've got to for now. Every single part of me wants Dash to pull us out of this and wants him to still be here and turn it around and carry on again next season. There's not a single molecule in my body that doesn't want that, but we and actually, weirdly, and I'll come to you with this next, Mike, and I wonder whether this is what's causing our nervousness. In previous seasons, I wasn't as concerned about relegation. So I was like, well, the championships are great. We're good answer. You know, at some point, we're going to have to go back down and refresh the squad and start again. That's what most sides outside the top six have to do. Um, this season, my fear is because of the new ownership structure and the debt that the club's now got. Does this put relegation in a really difficult financial position for us so I don't know if that's making me more nervous but I think that's maybe why I'm questioning if like it's almost like we need to try everything and that includes the manager and the coach and the does, does that make sense Mike are you doing absolutely absolutely um I think that even though the new the owners have been in for a year or almost a year um, and and this is personal opinion. I don't think they've made a bad move yet. I think every move they've done so far has been really, really good. But I think it's only natural to be nervous with the situation that we have. But I kind of thinking about it. I actually I think I have more confidence in in the current board than I would in the old board. Um, oh, interesting. Because I think the the old board would have uh, well well we've seen over the last two or three years, is paralysis. The old board were paralysed uh, by the end of it, by the, by the time they went away. Um, and I can't see them, if they were around, dropping back into the championship and doing what they did last time, which was back in Deitch with the True. money to get them back up. I think they'd just be absolutely paralysed by it. Um, and I've got a stat about the squad. Mm, yeah, uh, I was going to say, you, I thought you had this. I've, I've got a squad, stat about the squad. It's sticking your mind... Forgetting injury and suspension, who is our first 11? Right? Okay, just, just get an eye in your head. Who's our first yeah. 11? Yeah. Okay. How many of those players... Remember Aberdeen? Yeah. How many of those players would not have played against Aberdeen? And that was six transfer windows ago. And the answer? Four. Two. <gasps> Maxwell Corney and Josh Brownhill. Oh, that's abysmal. Every that's... other player was at the club and played in those games six transfer windows ago. Oh, my God. We have replaced God. two first-team players. That's it's shocking. 
and that I when I worked that out, um, because I actually I looked it up over the weekend. When I worked that out, I thought, holy crap, that's how bad it's yeah. been. Yeah. And and they, oh it's not as if we've we bought loads and, and, and it's not worked out either. Um, you know, it's you, and you can actually have picked, you know, taken taken the, the Wednesday against Wolves, you know, Nathan Collins, Jay Rod, you know, these are they're not first team players. And um mm. that's the problem, you know. There you go in a nutshell. Um and I don't think Deitch, I mean, I think Deitch okay, he's not blameless, he's absolutely not blameless, but Look what he's been given. I mean, yeah, look absolutely. Where, look, you know, and and you know, we you said about central midfield, Josh Brownhill, he can't find a teammate with both hands and a map. No, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, it's like right. well, well, so I, I think it's a you know, I think he's a good championship player, but he's not. Yeah, he is. I'm sorry, he isn't. I, I I think he's a good player. I think he's a good human being, but he's not Premier League. No, I think um, a lot of that, though, that is Garlic's legacy, though, isn't it? In that yes. I, it always confused me around transfer deadline day that we spent our entire time whinging like mad about how expensive English players were, how expensive championship players were. And then we did all of our shopping in championship English players. And you <laughs> end up with, you know, it's like, um, you went to Stoke, you went to yeah. Forest. That was it. They never went yeah. anywhere else. No, exactly. I never get my head around that. And a lot of that was down to the, I mean, listen, this is very difficult at the moment because Mike Garlic has absolutely soiled his uh, legacy at the club. So I do, I do like to try and remember the financial impact he had on the club for the good reasons. He did keep us, our feet firmly on the ground in the first three or four years when he absolutely needed to and stopped us overspending. Um, but then that time period was extended way, way, way too, too much. We were still doing that strategy after five or six years when it should have been over after three because we were okay then. And but I think one of his biggest mistakes during his tenure as chairman was he wanted, whether this was a money-saving exercise or it was a control exercise, he wanted to do it all himself and he wanted to be in charge of transfers and scouting. It's like, you are a local businessman, you're not a football contact, you don't have the knowledge, the experience and the network behind you to bring these players in. And I think that's one of his biggest problems. Um, I, agree, I agree completely. I mean, no, just sorry to... to no, 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 go ahead. There was, there was something, I, I did tweet this out, um, and, and a few weeks ago, George did a really good interview with Barry Kilby. And mm. that was a hugely enjoyable interview. Don't but the one thing that stuck in... Uh, well, <laughs> it'll still fit in that hat. I mean, the, the <laughs> thing that, that stuck with me uh, was when Barry turned around and said, um, I wasn't happy about the new owners using the money that was in the club, that had been saved by the club in order to buy it. Well, there's two things there. One, the more he did it, the more likely it was going to happen because that's how business works. And yeah, the second okay. is the only reason that money was there was because you wouldn't bloody spend it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's such a good point. Um, Dom, after those, uh, obviously a couple of bombshells, I mean, I was going to come to you to talk about um, the formation and talking about, like, I think generally speaking, we're all very happy that, that Daesh has done an incredible job on what he's been given. So do we then have to consider what he can do to help us out of this. And one of the things that's been talked about quite a lot is a change in formation and moving away from this really rigid, quite 
um, tried and tested slash stale 442, um, which the, the Premier League is moving away from. Are you an advocate, Dom, of Dash being brave with a change in formation? George and I talked about going five at the back maybe over the weekend. Is there, is there any justification at this point of the season based on the fact that what we've always done before isn't working and probably won't save us? Yeah, I understand that. I mean, you're talking about lack of creativity, so I don't really understand five at the back. Um, surely that would take less from midfield and then yeah. less chances are created for an already starved Chris Wood and whoever's Yeah, that's exactly the partners. conclusion we got to, wasn't it? Yeah. But I understand because our three best players are in, in Collins, me and Tarkowski. I understand you want to put your best players in, but it's a bit like skulls on the left mid, that feels like, rather than... I don't know. I, I wouldn't change the four four two personally, but simply because... I. I don't think we have the players to fulfil the changes. I know at 4 three, uh, it was 4-3-3 three, three at the weekend when they brought when they had, I believe, Wood, Jay and Vigeron. And I didn't see this massive spike in creativity or anything. I think the team is drilled into 4-4-2. Four, four, mm. And I think it is, it's easy to say, oh, let's refresh the team with a formation refresh. But I don't think we have the squad to do it. I don't think we have the flexibility to do it um, or the players to do it, really. I'd like to see it, though, just for pure interest, but I'm not sure if this season where it's critical that we get more chances and more goals, whether a whole new refresh is the right way forward. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. But the, the obvious challenge with that, Dom, is that if we've not found the spark yet, what's it going to take this season to, to find that spot. And if we talk about what Stuart mentioned earlier on about Daesh coming in and saying, um, you know, if you were a new manager coming to this club today, what would you change? Well, Dom, I, I put that question to you. What do you change? It's a good point. I remember actually about that Everton game, one of the massive changes was Heaton coming in and McNeil coming in and that kind of refreshed the squad. Maybe a bit of squad rotation. I'd love to see Connor Roberts come in on the right. I saw he had that uh, long ball and maybe a bit more pace. I don't know if you watch him for Wales. He's got a bit more drive into the box and maybe that allows Goodmanson to come inside. I don't know. But I wouldn't I, I wouldn't change it. I would maybe refresh the squad, like you say, maybe take Brownell out, bring Cork in. Um, I, I agree with George. I don't think Vidra's a good player, but I'd like to see him get more opportunities. I don't think Jared Rodriguez or Ashley Barnes are the answer anymore. Um, I'm not sure what if they were to leave tomorrow, what, what level they would go to. I don't know if no. they get in the top six club in the championship anymore, uh, especially Barnes. Um, so I think it, the, the, the key is a January investment. Get some, maybe get some youth through. I don't know if there's anyone, maybe Thompson could come through. But it would be nice to have a refresh, but I don't think a formation change is the best way to go on that, personally. Yeah, I think that's a really fair point, actually. So, coming back to you then, Stuart, it's interesting that we talked about um, strikers particularly. And we were talking about Vidra and how, you know, his performances this season haven't been that good. It's a bit of a strange one with Vidra, because when we got to the end of last season, he was absolutely my preferred front two with Wood and they were really starting to click and produce some good stuff and this season it's I don't understand what's going on with him it's like he's I don't know it's, it's like he's forgotten how to strike can you put your finger on what's going on here um no <laughs> in short he's <laughs> it, it, very much with you on the last season I thought him and Chris Wood the partnership that they managed to strike up 
Um, they looked brilliant. They really did work together. And it was a time when uh, Dash seemed to be sticking Rodriguez and Barnes in with Wood because he knew Wood was the main striker. He just couldn't find the person to go with him. And it turned out to be Vidra. Um, this season, I think he started with... Did he start with Barnes up front with Wood? Yeah, I did, yeah. <clears throat> Inexplicably, considering that the end of the season we were all saying, oh, yeah, no, it's got to be Wooden Barnes up front at the start. He just decided, nah, he's back down to third or fourth place. And the fact that we've signed a left wing back from the French champions and play him as a second striker ahead of actual striker Mate Vidra is got to be playing on his mind like there's been rumors for a couple of seasons now that he wants he wants out and I, I'd absolutely be like that if somebody came into my job and did what I do with absolutely no experience of play like doing that job previously I'd be spitting feathers if I weren't getting to promotions and stuff like that because somebody else has come in with no experience you'd be freaking out and I think Vidra's got to be exactly the same the problem is I don't think um, Barnes absolutely Barnes isn't up to it I think Don mentioned this earlier Barnes isn't up to it I don't think Jay is uh, as much as a Burnley lad love him to be at the club forever but there's a point where you can't be there as a player anymore yeah, I loved Andy Payton growing up. I wouldn't want him lining up against West Ham United. No, that's true. <laughs> when everybody on, on Twitch at the end of the weekend says, bring Robbie Blake back, I'm like... I... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> when you know it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're in really, really, really bad shape. Um, George, we've talked a lot about where we think things are not quite gelling, where we think aren't going right. There's got to be some positivity and you are a man that we go to for that so if we ignore everything that's going wrong at the moment and the league position and the really the, probably the toughest fight of our Premier League years ahead of us this season what's what can we be happy and you're not just saying Dash you, I'm going to ban you from saying that because you always just say that what what positivity can we get from this season what can we look to for inspiration well, to start with, the league table. I mean, if I look at it right now, we win on Sunday. We play the same amount of games as Newcastle and we're three points more than them. You know, for starters, that's not bad for, you know, to say Newcastle beat us, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. They're still a rubbish side. As I said earlier, I think they were struggling in January. I think Norwich are absolutely destined to go down. I just think the squad's, squad's you know, worse than ours. It, it's a championship side mentality, playing-wise. Norwich will go down at bottom. And I think Watford will go down as well. I don't think Watford are good enough. So I think it's a shootout between ourselves, Newcastle, Leeds. And to be honest, I won't cut, I won't count out Southampton either yet. Win on a win on Sunday, and we're only three points behind them. And I think just we've been in this position lots and lots of times before. I mean, we were talking earlier about oh, is something wrong or the manager, the sports gone? Absolute nonsense. You know, I, I've heard it. I've heard it all before. You know. Uh, like that, it was uh, it was Stuart who brought it up earlier. The whole game away, you know, we were fifth after that game. We weren't winning games. We were we were really looking like we were going to fall out the playoffs. But guess what? Dash turned it round. Same again. Everton Boxing Day, we looked awful. Everyone's like, oh, Dash has lost his spark. He's lost the squad. Blah blah blah. Absolute nonsense. We turned it round at the week at the weekend after smash West Ham at home. Uh, last 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 year we had thirteen points on Boxing Day. 
if we win on Sunday, we have the same amount and we, you know, turned it, turned it around again. We've been here time and time again. And I just know that Dice will turn it around. He's a, He's got the squad set up perfectly. You know, like they are defending well. You know, we're not leaking goals. And that's the first sign of real trouble if you're leaking goals, because then you've got no chance of winning any games. But we're defending solidly and it just needs to click going forward. And this team's a confidence team. It always has been. We go on runs, we win a game, we go eight unbeaten. You know, that's going to happen again. We are going to get on a run. That's my personal view. Uh, and to be honest, I'm backing us to stay up. So that's actually a bit of positivity from Santa today. I wish you could see him, listeners. He's just sat here. I don't know why, because it's the 6th, 7th of December and he's just come onto the podcast. Actually, that's it. I just realised I've got a Christmas jumper on, actually. So I don't think I can talk. I don't think this was deliberate. I think it was a lack of laundry. Um, Dom, a quick one for you then. Um, the news today um, is that apparently Newcastle wanting to swoop in for both of our centre-halves, want to double their wages and take them away to um, to Newcastle. This kind of smacks to me of taking away your, your relegation rivals' best players rather than them wanting to actually have them in there. I kind of feel pretty confident that we'll see through like that and oh god I've just sworn sorry I'm gonna write that time down <laughs> <sighs> 2019 producer Matt we need the bleep button <laughs> saves me saying it basically <laughs> yeah. first impression I know I've got really good recently of not swearing on the podcast sorry listeners but you actually you won't hear it because producer Matt's gonna put a bleep button over it um where was a chain of thought yes uh, Dom so I kind of feel like we're gonna see through that and and I don't feel like we're gonna lose anybody in January I don't even feel like we'll lose Tarky to be honest no absolute rubbish rubbish either, either it's tabloid nonsense to write something or it's a relegation rival trying to get an old a, a win I guess but they've already beaten us so it doesn't even make any sense to do that I don't I don't see that happening I don't even see Taki even uh, personally because I think Taki is a key player for us and I think we don't have the depth at centre-back to let Taki go yeah we've got Collins but then if we're, we're one injury away from Kevin Long trying to keep us in the division mm-hmm. that just can't happen that cannot happen no, but please don't uh, please please God <laughs> Please, not Kevin Long, but I just don't see it happening. And I think Taki, what would what Max should get? 15 million? Yeah, I think you'd pay 15 million. Is that how much you'd get for him? I don't know how much they're looking at for Taki. I was just going to say, Mike, you've just said here, is that right? We have to pay 27.5% to Brentford. 27.5% sell on fee to Brentford. That's he can sign a contract. If I remember rightly, he can sign a pre contract with any foreign club in January, from January 1st. Um, and if Newcastle are wanting to get him in, why would he leave Burnley for another club that would prob- that could possibly be in the Championship next year? If he's trying to, if he's leaving Burnley to get onto better things, yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely. I understand yeah, that. But Newcastle no are not that better things. You know, no, Leicester or West Ham. Yeah, absolutely. Get it. But not Newcastle. So, and, and Newcastle... 15 million. They're not going to spend 15 million on players um, in the on a player in the, the uh, January window. And the other thing as well is you got to remember this: every Newcastle player is playing to get replaced. Hmm. Oh, that's true. That's interesting. Under a, if they a stay up, if they they fight their nuts off to get to stay up, they're, they're the going to get replaced. 
and and they are playing for that famous man manager and inspirational motivator Eddie Howe. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I'm not I'm not feeling Newcastle right now. I was like, it's, it's going to go down. Uh, well, sorry, you know, Eddie's Eddie's, uh, Eddie's head will soon be on the chopping block, don't worry. Do you know what? Somebody said that to me at the weekend. Actually, I was in London this weekend, and somebody said to me that um, they were actually they'd laid some money. Gamble responsibly, please, listeners. Um, they'd put a bet on Eddie Howe actually being the next manager to get sacked which was just, it's just like, and yeah, it was a wrong appointment. Um, Dom, I'm so sorry, we, we jumped in there when you were uh, telling us all about um, Newcastle and, and things like that. Um, I completely agree though with Mike. Yeah, just can't, can't let him get go. And there's not enough money in the game. And if you'd pay 10 million to have a player like that in the squad and keep the squad to debt, so no, no nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, and 10 million is not just not, not worth it. And actually, from Tarki's perspective, it, like we've let his contract run that far down now that there's no point cashing in six months before the end of the season because we don't we just don't need the money. It's not going to be a huge benefit. And actually, if you're James Tarkovsky, I think that point about Newcastle is perfectly right. I would much if he goes at the end of the season out of contract to a Leicester or a West Ham with a genuine opportunity to try and just get even a few games in the Champions League or, if, or just like or just a chance to win something, he would go with literally my full respect and I'd be like warm wishes off you go I really really hope this works for you because he's done his shift with those he'll to me if he goes at the end of the season to them he'll go along the same lines as Danny Ings Trippier um what's he called um Michael Keane Michael Keane thank you I was going to try and call someone I was going to call him then um you know they all went very much you know they did their shift and then they went to a better club and I think he I think Tarky has the ability and the opportunity to go in the same vein can so, I just say on that point as well, I completely agree with that. But I can also see he's looking for an England call-up, and I don't see if he goes to Newcastle, he gets the opportunity either. No, so it makes no, it sense doesn't. to go to a Leicester or a West Ham to get that opportunity. And I understand that, you know, he's ripening now. He's going to get the opportunity. But I, Newcastle, no, 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 no. They don't travel that far northeast, Darky. No, no, they don't. God, do you think it's bad coming towards? They definitely go there. Um, <laughs> Mike's just raised a really good point in the chat box, actually. Talking of Tarky going in a free, who was the last outfield player we sold? Yeah, it'd be nice to sell a player in an ideal world, but yeah. like, like we were saying before, we, yeah. you know, it guys, must be like, Keno. No, it's Gray. Andre. Oh, Gray of course. Watford. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, when was that? Three years ago? Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Dunn not business sold. again. Not only are we not spending, we're not selling. Oh, yeah, that's we're true. Done. And we had a little. Jimmy Dunn Jimmy did Dunn. get sold, but <clears throat> I don't think he's had enough first yeah. team experience for you to. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. I was the, kind of the, the idea was he was like a first teamer, but mm. you know, it comes down to the transfer business. Remember, we had that little um, little production line going. We had uh, we sold uh, Charlie Austin, then we sold Danny Ings, sold Trips, Keane, Gray. You know, players were coming in and we were going, come here for a couple of years. We'll put you in the showcase. We've done it with Cordy, actually. We'll put you in the showcase, put you in the shop window and we'll sell you for a profit. And that's OK. That's fine. On but the flip side, well. it, it is. But on the flip me. side of that, Stuart, I, I, I quite like, sorry, not Stuart, uh, Mike, I quite like the fact that we've not, that part of the reason for that is that we've not needed to sell players. And I think I'd much rather be in the position that we don't need to sell players to survive or to get income coming in because once happen, if we don't bounce straight back up the year after, we are going to have to get back into that, which then I guess turns a flip argument around to say, well, we just need to be stockpiling these players then, please, because we might need them when we're in the championship. I think that's a really fair point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a crazy one. It really is. Taki, uh, Taki was bought to be sold in the same way Keane was. It was. Well, and it actually, it, happened. 
No, at one point they were talking about 45 million for talking. That's never happened. But again, if we, if you know, I'd much rather be in the position. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to do that. So let's start wrapping things up. Uh, I could literally talk forever tonight. This is fascinating. This is just what I needed. I needed this therapy. This is great. Um, I am going to challenge you all and to give our guests a little bit of extra time to um, think about what they're going to say. I'm going to leave our listeners with a rallying cry from each of you. I want you to uh, very just a short, succinct little rally to our team, to our fans, Give them some inspo to get us through the next few months to survival. George, Santa George, we're going to start with you. Yeah, sounds sounds good to me. I, I, to be honest, I'm feeling positive tonight. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think you've got to look at it the both the both both sides of the coin. To be honest, I think if we stay up, it'll be an absolutely brilliant achievement. You know, with the squad we've got, the squad is poor. It really, it really is poor. It's very aging. It's stale. It needs a refresh. It has for two or three years now, and it's not happened due to various reasons. So if they stay up, it's going to be a, a really, a brilliant effort from the team, uh, from Dash, and there'll be some cracking away days towards the end of the season if it happens. I remember uh, the first year we uh, came back up after we won the championship, going down to Bournemouth towards the end of the season, and the atmosphere that night was electric. You know, the Clarets are staying up again chant over and over, you know, brilliant, brilliant away days if it happens. But if they go down, you know, there's not much this squad can do. I'm not one for blaming players and saying, oh, Barnes, get him out of our club. I'm, no, I'm sorry, but Barnes has given his offer club for seven years now. And whether or not he's good enough for this level anymore is by the by. It's not his fault. It's not his fault they've not brought in anyone to replace him. So I think we've just got to get behind the squad and... Um, you know, things aren't going to change. Things aren't going to change unless the fans get behind the squad. You think back to the, the defining moments uh, under Dyche, Middlesbrough at home, where we were losing 1-0. It's that it's the rallying cry from the crowd that got behind the team. And obviously, we all remember the noise when when that Kino knee went in. Um, and you, you go again to West Ham at home after that Everton game. The crowd got behind the players as soon as they walked out the tunnel. So they're not going to get out of this mess without the fans behind them. So you can have your negativity online, you know, that's fine. But I think for the West Ham game on Sunday, when you get through that turnstile, just back the team because they've given their all for years now, some of them for almost a decade in the case of Ben Mee. And um, nothing's been achieved without the crowd support. And whether we go down or not, you know they'll give sweat on the shirt week in, week out because that's all they've ever done under Dash. And it's, as he says, often it's the minimum requirement. I think if you were to see a team that wasn't giving effort, fair play, you know, have your negativity, but there's not a chance that's what I'm seeing, despite the lack of quality. They're running their socks off for each other week in, week out. So whether they stay up, go down, we'll still support Burnley. We'll still be able to know they have a podcast. So get behind the team. And that's how we're going to beat West Ham on Sunday. And then it'll look all bright and rosy. How's that? <laughs> oh, it's, exactly, it's exactly what I was expecting, George. I'm not going to lie. Um, Stuart, you're up next, please. What's your rallying cry to get us through this next few months? Uh, yeah, um, I think George is spot on. It's, it's going to be a fan reaction. It's got to be a positive fan reaction. It's got to be getting behind the team. Um, 
So for me, it's just dead simple. It's UTC. Oh, I love that so much. Dom, over to you. Couldn't agree more, George, really. Um, if we go down, it's been a laugh and it's been an unbelievable achievement to go from, if you look at it now, to finish seventh, that's still unbelievable. And some of the away days, some of the trips, some of the memories I've had are unbelievable. But I do think if we regroup and get behind the team, like you say, um, you can just see what the difference makes. Look at the Crystal Palace game. That was an unbelievable atmosphere. Um, and I think it's like that time and time again. I think a rethink is needed, but absolutely get behind the team. And God, please, Maxwell Cornet, keep that hamstring fit and healthy. Stretch it out. Foam roll it. Do what you need to do, man, to keep on the pitch and keep healthy. But yeah, um, I completely agree with George. Get behind the team. Love it. Mike, come on. Well, it's all on you. I'll start off by saying I agree with Dom. This has been one of the best rides ever. Um, and I still don't think it's over. Um, I think small margins is something Deitch always says. I think we've been the wrong side of those small margins. And Lady Luck owes us. I think we can be the right side of the small margins. And it might be a small margin that keeps us up, but that's fine by me. And I started the pod by saying we need a miracle. And one of my favourite sayings in my job is when someone comes to ask me for something, is I say the impossible I can do straight away. A miracle just takes me a while, that's all. I've got goosebumps. I love it. That's exactly what I was expecting from you, Mike Landers. I love it. Um, listeners, I couldn't sum that up better myself. It's that's exactly what we need. This ride's never going to be over while the fans are here because we've always been here and we are here taking over from the generations who came before us and we are here for the generations that will come after us. There will always be Burnley Football Club and there will always be the fans. And this season feels rubbish, but I'd rather take a rubbish season in the Premier League than some of our, you know, look at the uh, local rivals recently, look at the Blackpool fans, you know, they've had an awful few months with, a few years, sorry, with their with their club and their board and they're now starting to get their, their feet back on the ground and I just think, you know, we're in such a privileged position and we're in such a good place right now and us as fans are going to keep that going. So this is your official call to arms, Clarets fans. We are hereby launching the Back the Clarets campaign. Um, no more time for heartache and tears and whinging. And for God's sake, why didn't Matty put his foot through that ball against Palace or uh, Chelsea, sorry, or why did Pope catch, you know, why didn't we catch that ball? None of that. We're not doing that anymore. We are done. We are UTC till we die and we invite you to get on board. Um, that is all we have time for this week. This has been one of my most enjoyable podcasts for a very long time. I always love having listeners on the panel and just getting some different views. And what a treat we had tonight with Mike Landers and Stuart Parkinson and Dom Thompson, who were all absolutely excellent. And we look forward to having them on again because why wouldn't we? They're great. Um, my thanks as ever go to everybody who contributed to making this podcast, to regular panellist George Poole who was at Santa George this evening, um, uh, who's been a representative from the uh, main analysis team, to producer Matt, who has um, set us all up tonight and, and got obviously five people on the pod all synced together and got this produced. So thank you, Matt. 
to George Gaskell, who is our um, audio guy who gives us our music royalty free. And George, I been keep forgetting to thank you for the past few podcasts. I'm so sorry. Um, do check him out on Twitter. Matt will link you his bio. Um, he gives us all of our music royalty three, and we are very grateful. Our final thanks go to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated, and we would not be here without you. Um, Dave and I will be back on Friday for the preview show, looking ahead for this weekend's game against West Ham. And then I believe we've got a very quick turnaround because there's a midweek game next week against Watford. Um, And then the rest of the team will be back probably Tuesday, looking back at what happened against West Ham at the weekend and looking forward to a congested Christmas fixture, which is going to be good fun. Uh, We will be here come rain or shine and you are more than welcome to come and join us. This has been the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.